by the time I was in my late teens and early 20s, I, my alcohol abuse was really extreme because if a repetitive negative statement is being made on a repeated basis, the mind gets programmed. Most people identify with their thoughts and they think that's who they are. And that's not who we are. The story we tell about those traumas cause more wreckage than the actual trauma. The only freedom any human being will ever experience is freedom from their own mind. Hi, and welcome to the I Love Success podcast. I just wanna take a moment to say thank you for being part of our mission. Thank you for leading with the heart, and having the courage to go out in the world and live a full life. Thank you for being kind, thank you for being open, and thank you for being you. I could never do this without you and all the incredible people that share so open-heartedly on the show. The journey continues, and as you know by now, our mission is to help at least 10 million people in 10 years to achieve their dreams. I'm honored to sit down with Kerry, Mr. Malibu, O'Neill, Once a young man who had it all, the looks, the athleticism, and the brains, until alcohol and the sudden death of his father changed his life. This caused a seismic shift in Carrie's perception of life and its meaning. He's now 29 years sober and want to change the world in his own way. Let's welcome Mr. Malibu. (laughs) Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm grateful to be here with you today to share your story. Uh, so I'm just, I just want to get started and get to know you a little bit here. So can you just tell us about the early life uh, and uh, what was going on for you as a kid? It was a really extraordinary uh, childhood. It's uh, a lot of people, as I've gone through life, have said, you know, how un- that's very unusual. It's a radically different type of upbringing. But just to, to describe uh, in a few couple of brief examples, I, I was fortunate to grow up in the Malibu colony, which um, traditionally has always been associated with uh, world famous um, movie stars and, and rock stars and influencers. And so, um, I have been around those kind of people most of my life. Yeah. And um, as, as it relates to alcoholism, I think it's really important to share. Um, when I was, by the time I was 16, I was drinking every day, you know. And um, I was an aspiring uh, rock star. I, was, I played the drums. And my buddy, Brian Goff, he was an aspiring, he played the guitar. We were in a band together. And his father created a TV show called Charlie's Angels. And um, he found out when we were 16 that Led Zeppelin was staying at the Sunset Hyatt. And so he gave us the keys to his car and said, why don't you go down there and try to meet him? So we, we drove down there. And you know, long story short, we not only met the road managers, but they invited us up into the ninth floor to meet all the members of the band. And then they invited us to the forum to help them set up you know, I got to set up John Bonham's drums at the forum, and they let me thrash out, you know, in the empty <laughs> forum. And then they let me sit on the light tower, like six feet away from Jimmy Page, yeah. while they played in front of 20,000 people. 
And this is Led Zeppelin, you know, at the peak of their success. And yeah. it, was, it was like uh, 20 million watts of energy coming through, sitting on the stage watching Led Zeppelin, you know, at, at ground zero like that. And because of that connection, I went to England and uh, was introduced to George Harrison of the Beatles. And he invited me to stay at his house at the Mayfair District in London and then at his castle at Hanley-on-Thames and then at his place in the Bahamas. And then he let me sit in on his recording sessions at A&M Records in Los Angeles. And this is, you know, when you're a 16, 17-year-old kid and you're, you're, you're in the influence of these huge global, you know, power people, it just, it just has an amazing impact, you know? And I was wondering why I was so fortunate to have that connection. But the reason why I'm sharing this experience is because I sat down with John Bonham, I hung out at the bar with him, you know, he was a great guy, and all of a sudden, he's gone at 32 years old from alcohol. And, um, and we used to go next door uh, on Broad Beach to Keith Moon's house, and um, same thing. You know, he died from alcohol and drugs. And, this, and this, the music industry, and we all know, is fraught with alcoholism and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But it really had an impact on me. And um, so by the time I was in my late teens and early 20s, I, my alcohol uh, abuse was really extreme. But the strange thing is, is that because I was so healthy, I was so athletic and so physical, I could endure like a huge amount of alcohol, and I didn't know why I was drinking so much. But um, when my father passed away, it suddenly woke me up like there just has to be a deeper meaning to life. I can't be here just to have a family and a career and then just leave. And so I felt this deep thirst inside of me. I wanted to know if God is real and I wanted to know if I could experience God directly. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you, you asked yourself those questions. Can you just talk about like what, what happened after your father suddenly passed away? How did that shift you as a, as a young man? It was, it was really bizarre because I didn't expect this impact, but, um, you know, I'm 18 and all, and all of a sudden I wake up and I'm told that he, you know, he passed away and, and all of a sudden this consciousness was in my mind, like, I'll never see this being ever again for all eternity. This is like an important, like, this is, you know, and I was, that's when I started thinking like, here, he was an amazing guy. He flew around the world selling custom interiors to private jets. And, you know, uh, five kids, happy family, you know, beautiful life in Malibu. And all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. And I, I had this feeling like, how can, there's got to be a deeper meaning to this life than just coming here and just having a family and having a career. And so the amazing thing is, is that I feel like the thirst, the longing to find a real answer, not like a religion or a philosophy or something that's fed to you by others, but to really have it you know, for my own self, to experience God for real. Yeah. And I feel like that energy went out to the universe and I attracted this, there was this spiritual teacher who was like, uh, you know, kind of like a phenomenon. And uh, he was only 15 years old 
And he was putting out so much power, so much consciousness, that they even invited him on national TV in front of millions of people, and they were asking him questions and, and, and so on. And he was revealing these inner forms of focus, which I talk about in the Heart Ascent book. Yeah. And these inner forms of focus have been passed down for thousands of years. They're really, really powerful. Yeah. But because of the power of his experience and his clarity and revealing these forms of focus, it was truly, it was uncanny. I, I got to tune into what's inside that is beyond time and space. And I got to experience it regularly. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because that we had inspiration meetings seven nights a week for over 10 years. And everybody who was practicing this meditation would come together and share what they were realizing in this experience. And so just by the power of being in a group of inspired people, the alcohol fell away. So I, I was clean and sober for 10 years. Just by being in a better environment. Exactly. Is, is, remember when you were saying about where we become like the company we keep? Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened to me. And people, when I share that, like, for example, at an AA meeting, some people have resentment because they feel like you can't do it without AA, you know? Yeah. But I, I did experience without uh, sobriety without AA. But here's the thing. After those 10 years... I thought I was on such a plane of inspiration. I thought my focus was so clear and so solid. And I thought it would be okay to just have a glass of wine with dinner and have a beer with lunch, just casually, you know, moderately. And all of a sudden, by the time six months came by, I was just drinking hard liquor. It just mushroomed out of control. And I didn't really understand why, but it was, there was like an emotional part of my experience that was never really resolved somehow yeah. and um and so that it almost killed me i almost it was like really harmful grievous heavy drinking you know until i was just flattened and then thank god i i came into aa and yeah. can you just talk about that you know when what was the reason in your life for for drinking was it to fill a void or to solve a problem or what was the reason behind this behavior I, for my for my experience i kind of knew i kind of like it's it's when you you see my my discipline with with meditation with yeah. this experience i committed to myself to practice two hours a day of meditation and every day you know and going to these nightly meetings every night so I, my momentum was very strong into a spiritual plane, but I never really dealt with the emotional stuff that was going on inside of me. It's really hard to explain like how you could have a lucid conscious experience, but not having ever realized what's the emotional driver, exactly like your question says. So I felt, I knew I was trying to cover up emotional pain. Yeah. And you think, because you grew up very fortunate in Malibu and all of that, and people from other parts of the world might say, but you don't have any problems, right? But we all do. We all have our own shit that we have to deal with, right? So what do you want to say to other people listening right now? They have this pain inside them, and they're they're looking into drugs and alcohol and other types of uh, 
uh, abuse, uh, what do you want to say to them? What can they, what's the first step, you know? I think the first step is that the mind uh, is an expert doomsday thinker. And it, it convinces us that we're no good. It convinces us that there's no hope. It convinces us that things are going to get worse. All that stuff coming from the mind. And um, it's really fascinating because the human mind is the source of all problems in the world. And, um, and I don't know if you saw the video, but even in AA, everybody across the board in AA agrees that 95% of the problem is stinking thinking. And only 5% of the problem is actually putting the poison of alcohol into your system. And so if we all know that 95% of the problem is stinking thinking, you would think that the primary focus would be dealing with the stinking thinker, yeah. the, the thought maker. But the mind is really tricky because it's invisible and we can't see it. And it's the same with our emotions. But I can share this to anybody who's hurting out there who are in that state because I hit rock bottom, like suicidal rock bottom. Yeah. And I know what it feels like. And all I can say is that there's something inside that's beyond any suffering. There's something inside that is all powerful, actually. And, um, and to tune into that is, is the answer. But the reason why I wrote this book, The Heart Ascent Book, is because AA has a big, powerful block of wisdom, a lot of things that they can share about the alcoholic mind, what alcohol, the toxicity of alcohol does to the mind, the kind of thoughts that come from alcoholism. There's, there's antidepressants that say on the label, warning causes suicidal thoughts. You know, I don't know if anything more depressing than suicidal thoughts, yeah. and they're calling it antidepressant, yeah. you know. But, there, there's, but in alcohol, that toxicity from alcohol is the resentment, the doomsday thinking, and, the, and they're saying that over 80% of all abusive behavior all around the world is all because in their childhood they experienced some form of abuse whether it was from their parents or maybe it was from a teacher or maybe from their peer groups, some kind of abuse took place in the childhood and that gets buried, it gets depressed. That's what causes depression. And uh, as we go through life and we start to see what are those things, and I, I, it's, you're asking such an incredible question because it takes, it takes a lot to observe where those emotions are coming from. Yeah. And, I don't, you know, you need it like a special mirror. So that's what I wanted to share is that uh, I attended over 6,000 of these inspiration meetings, yeah. and that's like a group dynamic. And I attended over 4,000 AA meetings, and that's also a group dynamic. But in both situations, the format of the meeting was never really carefully taken into consideration and set off on the right plane. Because if a repetitive negative statement is being made on a repeated basis, the yeah. mind gets programmed. Yeah, I love that. And, and uh, stinking thinking. And I'm, I, you know, I'm big into mindset. And as I truly believe that, just like you're saying, I'm an athlete. Like mind, the mind is everything, uh, or at least ninety. 80, 95%, I don't know, it's a lot. 
So how, what have you learned from spending time with a lot of successful people, but also being in this environment and meeting so many people? Like what is, how do you work on your mindset? Um, that's it's, it's such a beautiful question because that's precisely why I wrote this book, Heart Ascent. Yeah. Because this is, I, I was blessed. We're all blessed with a journey where we're exposed to different kinds of contrast. Yeah. And I was blessed to be in an incredible contrasting environment where if you go to meetings that are all focused on inspiration and then you go to like, AA meetings, where there's a lot of inspiration in AA. I love the good stuff in AA. But there's also a lot of negative psychology that keeps being repeated in the rooms. Yeah. One of them being that you'll never heal. You'll never be cured of this. And they call it a disease. Yeah. And it is a definite allergy. But there's a lot of people who do, um, after experiencing life-threatening you know, abuse of alcohol, do go on, like look at Khalil, you know? Yeah. And um, so anyway, um, how to deal with the mind, this is, this is such a, a, an incredible time right now because most people don't realize that um, if, if you don't have meditation, you can't really see what your mind is doing, you know? Without that mirror, it's like, I can, we can see other people, but we can't see ourselves, we need a mirror. And to see our mind, we need like a mind mirror. And that's what meditation can, when you can come back and start to experience, just as an example, the breath. And there's these, the, the ancient technique is that when you observe the exact point where the breath comes in and the exact point when it goes back out, yeah. and if you become a calm, alert, observer of this most subtle power, you know, it's actually probably the most powerful thing we'll ever experience in this life. It's the point where life comes in, you know, through the power of breath, and then it comes back out. And just that one breath technique alone, I mean, they say this is the unspoken word of God. There's a million ways to describe the breath, but it's that, that energy that's keeping us alive is perfectly balanced perfectly pure, perfectly powerful. So to be able to calm down and be able to experience the breath, then there's a little bit of distance and then you can start to see that that chatterbox isn't really me. Most people identify with their thoughts and they think that's who they are. Yeah. And that's not who we are. The mind is, uh, is I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, they say, I heard a guy said it, Alex, that I had on the show, Alex Weber, he said, that the, the mind, I mean, the, the brain is the, the hardware, like, the, for example, a computer, and the mind is the software, uh, so, which was very interesting because software, we need to replace them, we need to update those things, and it's not always doing what we would like, right? Even though we have the hardware, the brain. So I, I'm curious... You've, you've met a lot of people and you're, you're studying this as well. So what, what, what are your opinions about happiness and success? What is, what is it first of all and what's the keys in your opinion? Mm -hmm. I think the key is, and, and when I really search myself, it's, it's some, the, the principles that are spoken like in the rooms 
of, of you know, the 12-step program, yeah. are, those, some of those principles are really true. And, and one of them is that um, honesty, a person's capacity to be honest yeah. is, can, cause, can overcome grave emotional issues if we have the capacity to be honest. But I think the key to happiness, my experience, and I know this across the board, my mind will tell me otherwise because the contrast is in front of us all the time. These people who have you know, billions of dollars and they have basically conquered the world and, and people associate financial abundance with, uh, with freedom. But I've had this experience um, over and over and it's, it's such a conviction because I know it to be true inside my own self is that the only freedom a human being, any human being, whether they're a trillionaire or a beggar on the street, the only freedom any human being will ever experience is freedom from their own mind. That the mind is the only thing that blocks us from being conscious of that thing inside of us that we are, our true identity. And that's why, you know, the person who helped me at this book, she says, our true identity is freedom. Freedom is what we really are. So maybe that's not the only freedom is freedom from the mind. But then I asked her, I said, isn't the mind the only thing blocking us from experiencing that freedom? And it's like, yes, that's the distractor. That's the big, that's the veil, you know, that blocks us from tuning into this infinite presence that we are. And, and, if, and, and, and I really, really, truly believe this, that, that you are a, a spark of the infinite, and I'm a spark of the infinite, and it's like the infinite is experiencing itself through these two vessels. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look at it like that, like I'm actually, I think I'm a person with this body and this entity here, but I'm actually like, I am the whole create the whole you know the you know they say you're created in God's image, but it's so funny because if it's infinite, it can't have an image. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just infinite. Yeah. And so it's very hard. It's impossible for the mind to identify with something that it can't understand. Yeah. You know, it's like when you go into a room, and and it's dark, and you turn on the light. Where did the darkness go? Did it go anywhere? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, uh, you know, how do, what's your opinion? How do you help people that are rock bottom? Do you have to, like if, for example, if I'm rock bottom, can people help me or do I need to take that first step myself and say, hey, I need help and ask for it? I, I, I hear what you're saying and it's a really, it's a, it's a really powerful question. Yeah. But the thing is, is that it can come either way. Yeah. That I believe, I believe that there's a benevolent power yeah. that can transform a person in one split second from yeah. anywhere. You know, and it's been described that a person can be, even in your darkest, darkest, darkest hour, that light is still there. It never leaves, yeah. you know. And that light can shine through any, any form from anybody. So it's possible to say something to somebody that could save their lives. It says in the scriptures, it says there's the power of life and death in the spoken word. Yeah. And if you're speaking from a place of consciousness and you're tuning into the person somehow, if they're willing to listen, if, they're just, if there's a teensy little crack inside, 
that crack of hope or that crack of light. And they just, some people have said they just tried because they figured they were already dead, yeah. you know? And they tried and they, they went into a room. Yeah. I think AA makes it easy because it's a group of people who are similar experiences. So at least you don't feel like you're all alone, you know? Awesome. I love that. And I, I love that you're taking of your time to work on something that is so positive and uh, beautiful. So I, I really applaud you for that. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And one last question that I want to ask you, Mr. Malibu. <laughs> I love that. Man. I just see a guy in like six pack enjoying the beat. You know? uh, that's you. <laughs> so for people that have been listening to this and uh, want to take that next step in their own life to go after their dreams, their mission, their why, what is the first step they could do right now to to get a little bit closer to their dream? I think, you know, with, without being, you know, well, let me share my heart. Yeah. I really sincerely believe every invention, every major discovery happened because the person saw something differently. And so I would just encourage Look at yourself differently. And if you want to get out of how your mind has branded your identity, (laughs) most people don't question the story they tell about themselves. And they go around and, what kind of guy, what's your story? What what do you say about yourself? Oh yeah, I'm this, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a drummer, you're a black belt, I'm a, you know. And we, we, we go around and we say these things about ourselves, but we don't realize we're, through the power of the spoken word, we're literally crafting this energetic being and putting it out into motion by virtue of the power of the spoken word. And Og Mandino, he's, he sold 50 million books called The Greatest Salesman in the World. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. There's really powerful affirmations in there. Long story short, I memorized 10 pages of affirmations from that book, and I spoke them out loud every day for 11 years. I'm a world expert on those affirmations. Let's share a couple of those affirmations right now, because I think we can all need them. And we'll do, you'll say them, and I'll say them after you. So we'll end on that note. I think that's that's a perfect way. I truly believe in affirmations and that you memorized 11 pages tells us a lot about your character. So let's do a five or something like that. The, my favorite one is, why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why can I not extend that miracle to my deeds of today? Wow. We have to do meaning by meaning. <laughs> let's do this one more time. Why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why should the miracle that created me end with my birth? Why can I not extend that miracle to my deeds of today? Why can't I extend that miracle to to the deeds of today? Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Do you have any others that you like? Yeah, I, the one that really got my attention was, and it, it, it's, it's a contrasting thing, so it yeah. may not ring true, but he says, the career I have chosen is laden with opportunity, and yet it is also fraught with heartbreak and despair. And the bodies of those who have failed 
where they piled one on top of the other would cast a shadow down upon all the pyramids of the earth. Yet I will not fail as the others, for I now hold the charts in my hands that will guide me through these perilous waters to shores which only yesterday appeared to be nothing but a dream. Today I begin a new life. I love that. <laughs> I'll, I'll just end. Today I begin a new life. <laughs> yeah. Cherry, thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Truly appreciate your time and that you came mm -hmm. here and shared so open-heartedly. Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to connect with you and uh, find your book, um, where, where, can they, where can they connect with you? I, I'm everywhere on you know, Facebook, YouTube, or whatever. But if you just Google Heart Ascent, yeah. it's one word. All that, there's, there's all that information is in the book, Heart Ascent. And, um, and you'll see the whole, you'll, you'll find the YouTube channel, the Facebook page, everything. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. And if you're still with us an hour in, we truly appreciate your time. I'm so grateful that you are here listening right now. And I want to hear from you. What are you struggling with? What are your goals? What are your wins? Where are you listening from? Because we have listeners from all over the world now. So go to Instagram at Peter Jimrukowski or email me at info at ilsuccess.com. And tell me more. I want to I wanna get to know you because we're doing this for you. We're sharing so you can build a better life. And uh, I'm just happy and grateful. Thanks again and talk to you soon.